everybody please put a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. It's a summer vacation, fam. At least it feels like it today. It's pretty nice out there, and it's also, uh, there's nothing going on. <laughs> no, uh, there, there's some stuff. Hi, my name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Uh, we're just going to get right into it. We have a few things to talk about. We'll see if this goes an hour. We'll see if I lose my train of thought and just start babbling about movies and yes. whatever. Uh, well, let's just get into the introductions. Uh, let's lead it off with the bunch of jerks herself, <laughs> Kelly Hinkle. I don't really have a hot take. How could you? The Flyers uh... <laughs> are a team. They play the sport yeah. called hockey. At this point, they're just kind of like there, like in the universe as a as kind of like an idea or a concept. They don't actually exist in reality at the moment. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this question then. Let's let's start there. Um, what are the flyers? Yeah, I haven't answered your question, man. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to my <laughs> other idea later then. Uh, from theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. I know that one thing that I hear a lot from people, and I can't, I can't argue with it. Like I, I understand there's, there's a difference inherently between the regular season and the playoffs. But one thing I hear more than anything from like actual fans of the team that I talk to in real life uh, is that they watch the playoffs and they say, "Man, I watch the playoffs and I just see how far the Flyers have to go mm. to become one of those teams." And I, I will say that. I think the Flyers, you know, last playoffs aside, because last playoffs are just a mess. Like, I think the Flyers would probably play more like that if they did get in the playoffs, just because they would play up to the pace of the postseason. But there are a lot of things that they need to get better at to match up with these teams, you know, from a passing standpoint, from an execution standpoint, from a consistency shift over shift standpoint, from an energy standpoint, to... To feel like you watch the team and feel like they deserve to be a playoff. Uh, that kind of speaks to the thing I was just about to ask, though. Like, do you th- roster wise, they need to make improvements. But like, at this very moment, is Columbus's roster so much better than the Flyers was last year? I don't think so. I think it's better. Is, I, I mean, don't think it, I don't think it's dramatically like I don't think it's night and day. I think it's better. Uh, like, with, with the upgrades, the upgrades that they made at the trade deadline, it's definitely better. Like dramatically. Than what it's the better. Flyers was. It's yeah, better. It's, it's better. It's better, but like I'm not even talking about being able to, and Columbus just swept the best freaking team of twenty years. Like I'm not even talking about that. It's just the idea that this first round has kind of changed my mind about what I've thought about the last few Flyers playoff runs. Because, you know, yeah, they haven't made it past the first round, but I've also gone in which of those first rounds were the Flyers the better team? Like, they weren't better than New York. They weren't better than Washington. They weren't better than Pittsburgh. But I just watched the two one seeds go down to clearly inferior teams, and it's kind of making me feel a certain... I I think it's more mentality to get to what... I think the the way they need to play, and I I hope Vigneault and his aggressive, up-tempo style fixes this because yes they need to make roster improvements but i think it's almost more just a mentality than it, totally it is talent is. like yeah. they're, they they need not, more talent absolutely no one's going to play at a playoff kind of energy and level during a lost season when they're all dejected and don't know what's happening sure. to their team they're sure. just not going to skate like that they're not going to care that much it's completely different once you get in and it would have been for them too the, the point i'll make with what you said bill though is that uh you know basically that the fact that there were all these upsets lead you to believe that, you know, why couldn't the Flyers have pulled off one of these upsets? One of the years they were clearly the worst team. But I think when we talked about, I'm specifically speaking to the Pittsburgh series, when we talked about the yeah. Pittsburgh series, you know, we sort of laid out a roadmap that a lot of the teams that pulled upsets, the, the roadmap they used. And the roadmap we used was that the Flyers are a worse team than the Penguins. But if the Flyers' five best players, play really, really well, they can beat anyone because you lean on your stars and whatnot. And you look at Colorado, you look at Dallas in particular. Those are two teams that basically were like, 
look, we might have the two best players in this series, yep. so like we're just going to let them fucking go crazy. And, or, th- and that's what happened. You or you, you're Patrick Marlowe's. I was say, or <laughs> in a game seven against a team that you can't beat, you just roll four lines, even though you have like the t- best one-two center combination in the league. Yeah, one why or not? the other. Last but certainly not least... The, no, you're not the fly by yourself. No, I am not. You are Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. That's me. Um, so I was thinking about what my biggest disappointment is from the Flyers season. Um, and I've got a couple things to say about that. Number one, we went and changed the intro song because it was good luck. And I got to tell you guys, it was not good luck. So we're changing it back. Yeah. Um, we need a new one for the new season. Talk to Albert. All night long. <laughs> Um, the, the second is the, the, the player that I just can't stop thinking about was my personal biggest disappointment was Vorobiev. I think that's fair. I, I expected him to at least be able to hang in the NHL and he just couldn't. Yeah. That was a bummer. Like I I have here. What a buzzkill. I'll tell you the thing we can we can talk about that biggest disappointment for a second the thing that i saw out of Vorobiev that disappointed me as well remember all that stuff we heard about robert haig his just compete level and consistency like that seemed to be the issue with Vorobiev. like you looked at him in those first two games and you went this is this is definitely an nhl player and then from there just absolutely nothing yeah there was it was just a like you watched him, especially even the first like two games he played, he looked good yeah. in, in the regular season. Then he just kind of fell off a cliff. And there's al- there's always been that that those rumblings that you're not I, I I don't really buy the work ethic thing, but there's all there's always been this rumblings that like he thinks he's giving it his all on the ice, and he just doesn't look like he is. And he, there are some guys who can get away with that because they're just so talented that you know they just kind of pop up in the right spot and boom. But he's just not that talented. Yeah, and so there, he yeah. kind of has to always be going full speed, and he often isn't. And when he's not, he was just getting lost in mm-hmm. the shuffle. I think it's also telling that when Scott Gordon was the head coach there was no big push to bring Vorobiev back, and he has a lot of experience. Well, he got that. He, he did get recalled when he got recalled in, like, February for a couple games. Did he play? He played he a couple games. He did play, like, oh, a I couple games. And then he got sent back down, and it was, he was totally unimpressed. It was the exact same oh, thing. You watched well. him, and you're like, it was like Dale Weiss. You watched the whole game, and you were like, did Vorobiev play? That must have been why like, I blacked yeah, it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, it's, and it is interesting that you, with Scott Gordon, you're like, oh, well, they're bringing up Myers, and they're doing this, and they're using Lindblom right, and it was this guy who he coached who was pretty good in the AHL we never saw him yeah I mean that's why Veroni and Corbin Knight were <sighs> hanging around because those were you want to talk about guys I've just completely like, blocked out, blocked out. Yeah, like, yeah I mean those those were you ever see session Scott nine Gordon's like, guys like those were his guys yeah, just cleared out and, of my and, brain and to be fair Corbin Knight was on this team all year. <laughs> like was. Corbin Knight was, yeah. he, he, never, he made the team out of camp. He made the team oh, out of God. camp, and then he got, got hurt. hurt, missed four months, then came back, and, we and never like, went down. Yeah, no, we were all I like, blacked that one out too. Jesus, yeah. what a season! We made it through, guys. Yeah, we, uh, this should be our summer this is break. Some aftershock break. right here. <laughs> uh, I tend to start if you also listen to Ice Sport Radio, which you absolutely should. Uh, even though it's our rest of the league show, I usually lead off with some Flyers talk. Uh, so I think it's appropriate with the playoffs going on to talk about uh, a big non-Flyers topic right now. Just for tonight, let's hear what you have to say about that San Jose-Vegas game and most importantly, the thing everyone's talking about, the five-minute major that led to four San Jose goals in the third period. That was a spicy call. I fell asleep, so. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't watching it live because I'm an old person, but I did watch the highlights today and uh, watched what happened several times and it, it was just a blo- like they blew the hell out of that call. There's just no way around it. And I understand, like, if I were on the side of a Vegas fan right now, I would probably be super pissed and be blaming the refs. But at the same time, dude, no, yeah, your penalty that's... kill can't give up four goals in four minutes. In four minutes, like, come on, you guys. That's I, maybe ahead, one or two gets by, but like, come on. The one point I will make, and I, I agree, it shouldn't have been a major, but. I I think people are airbrushing the fact that it, it wasn't a good play. No. Like they basically like what is it? it was it was Eakin and Stasny. Mm-hmm. They basically bash brother Pavelski. Yeah. yeah. Like 
was it was it Egan? Egan cross checks him. Egan with the cross check. Cross checks him in the like the collarbone, and then he's in midair, and Stasny hits him. Like that's illegal. So let's not try to act like oh that was just a hockey play. Like no, when a guy gets hit by one player, and then a player on the original guy's team hits him while he's falling, that's a bad play. And like it makes it a little bit hard for me to have an insane amount of sympathy because it was basically like it literally to me it looked like something straight out of the freaking Mighty Ducks. It did, and that's something I think that's been like over. Overlooked is because they called the cross check, but cross checks and interference, which both occurred on that play, do get legislated differently when there's an injury. Yeah, yeah. And as we know, I made this point several times on Twitter last night. As you know, I'm a San Jose Sharks fan, so I'm a little biased here. But <laughs> as we know, whether you like it or not, the NHL leg- legislates by result. It's you can hate it all you want and say we should go by intent and we should do this and that, but this is how they do it. Was yeah. it a blown call? Maybe, but everyone going the cross check isn't even what hurt him. It's the Stasny runs into him. Stasny threw him to the ice and then he oh. hits his head on the ice. And listen, now I need to watch it again. Like the pl- the whole thing combined, could you maybe call them both for like double minors or something like I, I call it a different yeah. way. In, in all honesty, what I might have done is I might have two called, and two. I, I might have called two penalties and just had it be a dub, like a five on three. That might have been my call because, like, really, both of them are penalties. Now I get that the I get that the Eakin one in the beginning, you could argue, well, that happens all the time. But you know what? It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't happen all the time. Puck's gone. Dude gets fucking cross-checked in the in the in the upper body, and that's the like people. Well, because I made the you know when people get hurt, there's different. They call yeah. the game differently. And well, what about the Oshie injury? He got a two-minute penalty, again because of result. If Oshie doesn't go down awkwardly and just kind of keeps his balance, maybe bumps into the boards or just stays up and brushes it off, there's zero penalty on the play. It's not even a penalty. Like, is it a bad play? Yeah, but they don't call that if he stays on his feet. So, and it, because he went down awkwardly and got hurt, there's a penalty. And I just, I have very little sympathy. I would love to see the number of times more than one goal is scored on a five-minute major, yeah. let alone four. Yeah, at that four. Like, I, I, I get that it's like a, a shot to the gut of the team when that kind of call gets made that you consider to be poor, but. Sorry, I'm just watching it. Oh, Stassi does really push him. Yeah, I kind of thought it was incidental. When no. He, yeah, no, okay, the yeah. first time he I watched right at him as he's falling and yeah. hits him. Okay, I feel less bad about it now. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first time I watched it, I thought the same thing. I was like, they just kind of ran into like each a other. Random and terrible just, accident. But, but you see him; he forces he pushed, him yeah, to the ground. Yeah. No, he pushed him. Is it a he good sure call? I mean, I think the the problem that people have with it is that they weren't calling anything at all. Oh, yeah, which is playoff. I mean, the whole thing was just jumbled from start to finish. But at the same time, like you're saying, you let them score four Four goals goals. in four minutes. Like, after the penalty happens, get your shit together. Like, kill the penalty. We see teams teams pull their goalie with a certain amount of time left just because they're out of it, so screw it. And with no goaltender in the net. Not allow four goals in four minutes. Yeah. Like, I, wh- come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, get pissed off about that. And like, also, you should be pissed off come on. About. I mean, a, a lot Tell of this me is it- on Flurry, too. Yeah. 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 How, How do you let really that true. happen? They were and, not great goals. And in the first 40 minutes, Flurry was unbelievable. Yeah. And then, eh, and, he blacked and, out. And I'll he say, went full on Flyers Flurry. And I'll say this. This is something that Kurt said in Slack. I hinted at on Twitter as well. The Las Vegas Golden Knights last year were the luckiest team in possibly NHL history. And you know what? You just compress all that good luck and you got the reverse of that in four minutes. To me... That's that's the universe working the way it should. All right. All right, crazy. Let let there be some happiness and some suffered. joy in the world. Hey, now, now I, I will say this. The Sharks Af- have it. After that, now Vegas is even. Vegas now, got massacred by even. a gunman last year before All the right. season that started. That has nothing to do with hockey. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I was, I was obviously it was awful. As the has season nothing started. to do with the team. It does. In my opinion, <laughs> you stick to hockey. No, we're we're about asshole. To, uh, <laughs> Jesus, uh, I just like and on top of everything, 
It made the game more interesting. The game like, was a blast. Some crazy shit happened, and it made the game way more fun than it would have been if with that. Other than obvious, I would rather not see a guy's head cracked open on the ice. I'm not talking about that part. That is no good, and you don't want to see no. that happen. Um, but like Couture, like once he scored, going that's one. Like that was cool. That's that's yeah. No, and uh, getting just even from 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 our perspective. People all of a sudden remember that game seven Flyers Bruins like they're down three zero yeah. and three zero in the series like all right that's cool I like I like it even so, the game winning goal was great like yeah. a, a lot of those games I feel like they get decided by you know a point shot that hit, get hit somebody and then ends up out there and it's like some BS goal this was a nice goal yeah Barkley hockey puts yeah. it home <laughs> Barkley hockey I love that it's G O O D R O W and he pronounces it like Johnny like Goudreau yeah. Goudreau yeah Why I not? just I think it's fun whatever all right guys so I. <laughs> All oh, right. The do we do we comment on Kate Smith? Um, what is left to say? That's uh, th- that's my thing about these topics is if they were like the least, I, I just don't know how people have the energy. Honestly, honestly, yeah. I cannot muster the energy to care about this. Okay. The, the, the if one, you want to hear yeah. about it, Fly Pervoli did yeah. a good job. Oh, did okay. I'll the the one thing I that. will say is that considering the way that the way that. These sort of things go. Uh, if it wasn't in, the least predictable shit, well, in the world. It, it, it's more like the the way society in general trends with how they respond to these sort of things. Like we never get we we never get less. What's the what, we the, never, flyers, the Flyers kind of had to do yeah, this. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing else Be, they could because do. Because yeah. this was never going... It's not like in 10 years we were, we're going to look back and say, man, they shouldn't have you know, they, they shouldn't have canceled Kate Smith. Because yeah. the fact of the matter is, as time goes by, just it, the, these, these requirements and these standards just get higher. So you kind of had to because it was only... Like, in 10 years, if the Redskins are still the Redskins, like there's going to be mass boycotts. So the Flyers... Well, Dan did... Snyder just took over the first round of their draft, oh, so they're in go. great hands. But my, my point is is that if, from the Flyers' perspective, like if you didn't do anything, this was only going to yeah. get more controversial and it was only going to get worse. So I don't know if they really had a realistic choice in the matter here. I just, like... I, I'm, I'm so, like, on both sides. I'm definitely Stephanie both sidesman right now. <laughs> Stephanie both sides, man. That's, yeah, that's you. Uh, <laughs> no, because, like, on one hand, I just think, yeah, whatever, who cares? It's like it's an old statue of some lady who sang a million years ago, and the last two times she sang live, they lost. And, like, we haven't won we a haven't cup won in a 45 thing. years, yeah. so maybe it's new good luck good charms, luck. whatever, and just get rid of it because she sucks, fine, whatever. And on the other hand, I'm like, uh, well, all right, if we're calling her a racist, wait till you hear about the rest of America. But I mean, I, Meltzer wrote a really measured I just, and I think well thought out. Get rid of the statue. What I, I just yeah. think, like, yeah, as, as I said, like, she didn't yeah, march yeah. on, like, she didn't lead uh, troops against uh, American flags under, like, you know, it's a little different, but still, she sucks. Get rid of it. I, whatever. So the, I can't imagine. I mean, it, it doesn't matter to us. It yeah. doesn't matter to us because we're white. And, and that's the end of the story. That's the beginning and the end of the sentence. It doesn't matter to us because we're white. We cannot possibly imagine what this feels like from a, a, a black person's perspective because we are incredibly I white just, people no that's my so whatever whatever it was that Meltzer wrote was from the perspective of a white person so the I, I have definitely seen some pushback like you can't understand what this is like as a black hockey fan so you shouldn't be commenting on it and that's that's all that oh, I have to say. So, so sure. Lauren Hart had a, a tweet today that um, said, when we know better, we do better, something like that. Lauren Hart must just be excited because she doesn't have to try to time up her awesome <laughs> singing with a VHS tape from 1979 <laughs> right. or, or 1974, whenever that like, Jesus, it sounded like such shit. We have one of the best anthemists in the world. Like, let's just let her sing something. Yes. And it's, me and Steph have done this a million times just on... I have no idea why we do anthems to begin with or it's, whatever. We shouldn't. I, I don't get We're it. We're the only country the only country in the world that plays clearly. anthems before games with teams from the same fucking country <laughs> that aren't national team games. It's it's I the, think the, the one thing I will say is I don't and this is why I very conspicuously stayed out of everything on social media with regards to that crap. I don't think with the, there was maybe a small portion of people that didn't come off bad in that debate, but the vast majority of people that got involved came off really bad because 
I believe that, first off, there was like a, su- a subsection of people that were just vicious, generally to women. Oh, who, you don't who, say. Who were, uh, were just vicious of like, oh, you think that this, that, that this statue should have been taken down? Like, you're everything that's wrong with hockey, and you're <laughs> awful, and you're a whore, and you're an all. Like, like, and that, that was just disgusting. On the other side, like, I don't think that, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the presentation of like, she's like, Kate Smith is this, is this awful, horrific racist who deserves to be scrubbed from the history books. Like, I don't, my thing is, I don't think she was, I think it was more of like a product of the times kind of thing. And that doesn't necessarily matter in terms of whether it should have been taken down or not. But I didn't like the, I didn't like the presentation of her as this like evil human being. And I actually liked the flyer statement on it because the flyer statement was like, Kate Smith is part of her history, but we she was associated with these things, and we can't be associated with it. And I think that was the right way to present it. I didn't like the necessarily the vitriol towards her when it was more of a like the one song from all I, I understand was a satire, and that was the one that sounded really bad. So, like, okay, if that wasn't a satire, then I'm totally on board with her being racist in her time. I don't think she, she was necessarily racist in her time. She's racist according to our standards. That maybe means that she shouldn't be involved with the Flyers now. I don't think that means she was an inherently evil person. I just there's not a, a lot of gray in a, these kinds of debates. But also, You're like, not it's, not, it's not really for us to decide. We're a bunch of white people. And what annoys me is... I don't think is... that means that we can't talk about it, though. No, 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 we, we can talk about it, but we don't... We can absolutely can, but it's not up for us to decide what's racist and what's not. Just because we're not offended doesn't mean that it's not offensive. Oh, it has nothing. My stance of annoyance has nothing to do with not being offended, obviously. Like, I, my number, how did this just come up? That's like, the, yeah, the, like, Yankees, the, the Yankees, the Yankees play this at yeah. every seventh yeah. inning stretch. I think it was like the New York Post or something. And they noticed just figured they, this out. Like, I think the New York Post noticed that they stopped playing it okay. or something, and then they dug into why, uh, and then right. the whole thing came I just, out. yeah, uh, it, this would be a lot more interesting to me if the two sides weren't already predetermined of the argument. Yeah, there like was, We already know who's going to line up where. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, like if one person from the other side had made a point for you know what on this one I actually think like but no that will never ever happen no. that so, will never happen so, ever yeah, in any situation and that's, ever again yeah. in our life yeah so. so about so now let's go to more Lindy Ruff uh, <laughs> no. uh, so Charlie I'm reading your article on theathletic.com oh. uh, and it is the it, basically your headline was the not so subtle theme help is on the way who is this help people yeah how are we getting them? Like who? F- like let's. I'm gonna read off some names in a second, but just off like what from what you guys understand. Who do you think like individuals fit with what Elaine Vigneault is gonna do? Because the point of your article, Charlie, from at least the first half of it was Vigneault could have had any job. Much he's not Q, but a lot like Q, he could have. Uh, his pick of several jobs, you yeah, know, yeah. and he was going to pick the one where he thought, at least this is what he said, he could win a cup soon. Now, like we just said at the beginning of the show, uh, is this team going to win a cup soon based on what I've seen? I don't think so, but there's assets. We've talked about them a million times. There's young players who are eventually going to get better. Like there's a lot of ways to improve this team. The synergy of Fletcher Vigneault. How like what do we think that's going to look like? Who do we think they're going to target? Specific player style, specific players, anything. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's going to be a specific player style because I don't know if Vigneault knows what playing style he's going to coach yet. Like we talked about it on the last show that the Rangers and Canucks play different styles. And I specifically asked Vigneault that, and he agreed. He was like, yeah, the, the Canucks, we played more of a you know possession cycle game, and the Rangers played more of a counterattacking transition game. Um, and he said, honestly, I don't know yet. Uh, that's something I'm going to be looking into, but I don't know yet. And that leads me to believe that he doesn't quite – like it's almost – I almost think that the plan this offseason is more just going to be get talent, and then when we get the talent – See how it works. Then the coach is going to look at our – you know, compiled talent and build a system to best fit those guys. But I don't know if this is a case of like, like, look, it, there might be an instance of the, you know, the Flyers go out and they get one guy who Vino has coached before because Vino knows him. Like it's possible. Like there's guys like Stan Girardi, Carl, Carl Hagelin, Kevin Hayes. Like there, are, there are guys Hagelin who are Hayes. available who like he knows how he knows how they play and he might advocate for them because he thinks they are good. But 
I don't think this is going to be a case of like they're looking for the perfect players to play the Vino system because there's been different incarnations of the Vino system. And like I think that that's exactly what we want because we've had several coaches who design a box and if players don't fit into this box, no matter how talented they are, it doesn't matter. If you don't fit in the box, you don't get to play. I am extremely ready for a general manager to compile a talented roster and for an intelligent coach to design a system that gets the most out of these players. It's something that we should be excited about if that's the way it's going to go. That's If what you two both just said comes true, like if that's the kind of coaching job we're actually going to get about Elaine Vigneault, then I'm just as excited right now as I was when I was trying to sell myself on him last week. Because <laughs> you guys know I was bummed about I mean, Q. I'm, I was bummed about Q. Fine. But Vigneault, the further I got into it, the more I looked at it, I was like, you know... Uh, honestly, I thought they were going to do worse. That was my whole. Yes, for that, sure. That was my whole argument about Lindy Ruff. Is I think they're going to get someone worse. I think they're going to get Yo or Bilesma, and that's bad. Yep. So uh, Vigneault better than all three of those guys. Um, so I'm going to the headliners, the headliners of the free agent class, because the first thing you look at is who's available. You don't have to give up anything but money. What do we think the chances are we get Eric Carlson? Slim. Just because even. How, oh. Go ahead, make your point. I mean, taking away anything having to do with the Flyers, all 30 teams yeah. are going to well, want to... 31. 30 without Ottawa. Yeah, they're all, yeah, they're all <laughs> going call. to be trying to get Eric Carlson. Everyone wants Eric Carlson on yeah. their team. He's going to pick one. Mm-hmm. So the idea that if somehow, because I can already see it happening, if somehow the Flyers do not get Eric Carlson, it is not necessarily a failure or is not because they did not try. It's because... They had a one in thirty shot of doing it. Yeah, and that's so let's let's just temper expectations going in, and then you can be happy later. And I think we talked about this on a previous episode. While I think it is very important to add good hockey players to this team, this is not the Phillies' off season of Bryce Harper or it's a bust. Right. Like if they go out and have the type of off season the Phillies had before Harper, where it's like, oh yeah, we got like a really good catcher, and we got uh, we upgraded at shortstop, and we got a, one of the best relievers. Like if they just add three decent enough players, I think that's good. Yeah. You're talking baseball on my hockey podcast. I'm just I'm making a comparison between things that have happened recently in history. Now my next question about Eric Carlson: How badly do we want him? The thing is, like I. If we got Eric Carlson, I'd be like, hey, cool. We got Eric Carlson. I'm not living or dying by Eric Carlson because the fact of the matter is, as good as he is, he is going to be going downhill at this point. You're going to be paying for the tail end of Eric Carlson. And while that might be better than a whole lot of guys at their prime, I don't know if I want to tie up that much money in a guy with, you know, a lot of injury problems who's on the downside of his career. That's, like, maybe we can do a little better. Because I'm – Eric Carlson's my favorite player in the league, flyer, non-flyer, whatever, um, much like Peter Forsberg was. And I remember when the Flyers acquired Peter Forsberg after the lockout, I am a high school kid, I'm working at Pizza Hut, and I hear it on the radio, and me and my manager jump into each other's arms <laughs> as if we are marrying each other. Like it was, That's it was, it was a, like a beautiful moment between <laughs> Flyers fans. But looking back at Forsberg's tenure, there was a lot of production, mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of missed games, yep. and then it was over. <sighs> I don't want to say that's what I see happening with Carlson because I love him so damn much. But it could. But I do see him as a guy you have to manage. Like, 70 regular season games, make sure he's healthy enough for the playoffs. So here's the thing. Not only with this free agent, but all of them that you have listed, all of these guys make the Flyers a better team. Oh, Oh, certainly. For sure. All of them make them a better team. So if, if what we want here is for the Flyers to be a better team than they were last year, then yes, you're very interested in all of these dudes. Oh, 100%. I am so interested in Eric Carlson. I'm just now trying to gauge like the dream of Eric Carlson versus the reality of Eric Carlson because watching San Jose kind of closely this year, they got both. They got the great Eric Carlson for stretches. You know, he bunch of assists in the playoffs. They also got the missed games, couple defensive miscues. I think he's better defensively than he gets credit for, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's so good offensively. But like that interception last night, that's a great defensive play to set up the game winner. Um, but I, I, like, I'm so torn because I love him so much. But also, when you're talking about these mega contracts, and it's not like baseball where it's a trillion dollars, but seven years and seventy plus million. 
you got to kind of, there's a cap. You got to kind of do it. So what about Matt Duchesne? Well, I didn't get a chance to oh, say my thing. Uh, uh, about oh, talk about Carlson for me, Charlie. Which is that he's obviously an injury risk, and I would take him in a second and be absolutely thrilled about it. Okay. Cool. I respect it. Charlie. The, uh, Definitively. The, I like it because you're the, you know, you're the even-tempered one. You're you're the voice of reason here. Now he's, I'm more confident. He's, that a, he's an amazing hockey player. And I would take the risk in a second. Okay. Matty Douche. Matt yeah. Duchesne. I, so, I guess. All right. <laughs> Steph's favorite player in the league, much like I love Eric Carlson. She loves Matty Douche. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> Here's, I've got some things to say about Please. these Columbus Blue Jackets. These, and, and I'm going to lump him in with Panarin and Bobrovsky. The Blue Jackets are having some success right now. Are we really that confident that these guys are going to leave? I am 90% sure Panarin and Bob are going to fight. What if they win the yeah. cup this year? I don't think I they're going to I think they're still leaving. Yeah, I think they're leaving. Yeah. I, I think they, just, I think they get their D- ring D- and go. Duchesne is the guy who I do believe they, I think they trade yeah. for him with the hope that maybe Duchesne can replace Panarin. Mm-hmm. I think they are certain Panarin's gone. I, okay, that's fair. Matt Duchesne, I think he stays. I think that he's, looking for a home he definitely could. I, think he's, I think he's looking for for a home anywhere that'll take him that isn't ottawa and and he's getting some playoff hockey ottawa. finally um <laughs> because they're having some success uh i you know he's another one i don't this is this is how i feel about matt duchene he's a good player he's a very good player he is not elite tier which is what how everybody was talking about him but when he was trying to move from Colorado to anywhere else, everyone was say- saying that he's this elite center. Charlie, if you keep highlighting stuff on this outline, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, that he's this elite player that no team could do without. And that's not true. He's very good. And, and that's where the buck stops for me. Would he make this team better? He sure would. So if if Maddie Douche wants to come here, I'm I'm very happy to call him. <laughs> and Maddie that's Douche. like I was uh, I was real torn on Duchesne. I think he's going to get paid like a one C, and I don't know if I want to do that. But looking at what this team is and what they need and how badly they need a center, you know what? Overpay for him, and it'll make the team better. We'll live. Well, I mean, if you get a free agent, you're overpaying. Yeah. So it oh, just uh, is. sure, it's part of the process, and then you just have to you know manage, and then the cap goes up, and everything's fine. I mean, my my thought after we go through all of these names is that I'm I'm sick of free agents, and I want to start making some trades. But and that's extremely same. A lot of people have brought up the idea of Joe Pavelski to me, and initially I'm just like he's 34, no, but man, he still produces. He I just he still thing. produces. I, you know, I don't. I think my issue with that is that I just. It's really hard for me to vision a scenario where he leaves Santa. I never, I never think a shark is going to leave. Like I just don't. I mean, Marlowe is probably the only one, but he kind of had a him and him and the sharks butted heads sometimes. Yeah, like they're him and him and Thornton. I guess Thornton is now a legend there, but Marlowe was always. You know, I, I just think back to Ronick consistently ripping Marlowe for yeah. choking. Like, there's just there, there, there maybe was more of a reason for Marlowe to leave than anybody else. I can't imagine Pavelski leaves. Speaking if, of, if Pavelski leaves and you can get him in a one to two year deal, yeah, I'm interested. I was thinking, but the I don't same think thing. he leaves. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. The more I thought about it, I was like, it might be a good idea, but I don't. Uh, I'd never think a shark's gonna leave. Um. What's the next? Kevin Hayes. That's the name we've all talked about several times. I feel like that's the one that's that. That see, it fun. seems like the most. That's the thing. He's like the Elaine Vigneault of of center yeah. acquisitions. It's like all right, and it he's might the end Chuck up. Fletcher. He's fine, but, and it might be really good. Yeah, it but might, I don't know. He's the yeah. he's the not exciting. Might be the right fit. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, this might be exactly what you're looking for. It just it just comes down to price. Yeah. Like my thing is if if you've and and we don't necessarily have to have the 2C hole filled by a free agent. It can be filled yep. by a trade. Sure. But if you looked at it and you're like, okay, the only, what, there are three, there are three guys who could plausibly be be second-line centers uh, that are in the free agent market, and they are Matthew Shane, uh, Kevin Hayes, and then Brock Nelson. I'm not a big Brock Nelson guy. Hayes is fine. Duchesne is the best. It's going to come down to price. And, you know, if, if Matthew Shane gets, I don't know, six years, eight mil a year, and Kevin Hayes gets six years, five mil a year, then I'll take Hayes. But if Hayes and Duchesne are getting around similar offers, I'll take Duchesne. Like, it, you know, it's a matter mm-hmm. of you, you, you want to, ideally, you'd be in on both 
if you've decided you're going to fill that hole via free agency and you try to get the better deal, I would rather them than, than prioritize Duchesne because I think Duchesne is just a better player. And I think Duchesne is a measurably better player. And I like Duchesne stylistically on the Flyers more than I like Hayes because Hayes is kind of another big sort of slow skilled center and Duchesne is a really fast center fast and goal I would score and I'd like to have a fast forward added nice? to this roster yes. that would be great and Matty Douche put his dog and his baby and Ryan Dezingle on a plane <laughs> so <laughs> he I did do that funny uh so let's talk about Dezingle and the rest of these under the radar guys uh I have the list here Ryan Dezingle Brock Nelson Anders Lee Jordan Eberle Michael Furlan Junis Donskoy Alexander Alexander Edler Jake Gardner, Carl Haglin, uh, any interest in some of these guys are hockey probably players. most of them <laughs> would are. make the team better depending on usage. Jordan Eberle, I think, is is interesting. Um, Dezingle's interesting. Brock Nelson, I Andersley, I'm not so interested in. Uh Donskoy's interesting. Edler, fine. Haglin, I've seen his name come up a lot for the Flyers. It's, the, it's just the Vigneault The AV. Yeah. yeah. And another, if we want to play with speed, Haglin might not have a whole lot in terms of production left, just, but That's my point fast. with Haglin. I think, that, I think that Flyers fans, especially because he was on those very good Penguins teams, are kind of inflating how good he is. He's really, really, really fast. Yeah. He's not really, really, really good. No, he's a... Like, those are two separate things. No, I guess the thing with Hagelin and why Hagelin could be an option is that there's a... He would be a good third-line right-winger. And I think they need one of those badly. the Flyers have a gap because Simmons is gone. Mm -hmm. The Flyers have... Flyers really, realistically, and I I broke this down in an article about a month and a half ago, the Flyers realistically have three gaps that if you had the perfect offseason, you filled all of them. The three gaps are second-line center, third-line right-wing, or second-line right-wing if you then want to use that to move Konechny down, but whatever. Um, And then, you know, an impact top four defenseman. Those are your three holes you'd love to fill. I think out of those three holes, the least important one to fill is third line wing. I'm not yeah. saying I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. If you could find a way to make the numbers work and have everybody fit, it would be great. But I would I, uh, to me it's it's second line center is most important. Mm-hmm. Getting another good defenseman is second most important. Getting a third line wing is least important. The reason why I say getting a third line line wing is the least important is that they have guys that are close. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that the prospects are gonna be ready this year, but like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be crushed if they, you know, use Ryan Hartman as a third line right wing, knowing that midway through next season, Morgan Frost might be ready. Mm. I wouldn't be crushed. I like I, that idea. Uh, I agree, theoretically. Like, I do want, I just, like, I can't possibly deal with another year of, oh, yeah, Michael Roffel's playing second line. No. Like, I just can't deal with that. <laughs> I, I, this show will become very difficult for me mentally. But mentally, I understand what you're saying, and I know that it's right. <laughs> I just don't want to accept it, Charlie. <laughs> like, <laughs> because those are my priorities as well. I do believe, like, yes, two C, top four D, and then that third line right wing if we can get it. But goddamn, man, I'm just change things. Just change things. So Toronto goes down in seven. And now everyone's looking towards, all right, like, oh, Babcock just coached his last game, and they're going to move some pieces around. Obviously, they have to give, you know, they have to account for the Matthews contract. They have to account for whatever Mitch Marner's going to get. So people are looking at guys who might not be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, Jake Gardner is a uh, free agent, but, you know, ever since he didn't show up for training camp, Nylander's been rumored. Uh, a lot of talk about Nazem Kadri. Yes. Would we like Nazem Kadri? I sure would. I am here for Nazem Kadri as our 2C. I have no problem with it. I'm he, extremely I, here for he's it. He's on a great deal. Yeah, so that's his the, deal the, is good. The, yeah, the, the interesting thing about it is that there was a big article at, on my site um, after he got suspended, and it was like, would the would Toronto be willing to move on from him? And the thing is, is that, like, yeah, they have cap issues, but he's not. But that's not one of them. Yeah, he's yeah. not mm-hmm. one of them. So the only reason you really would move on from him is if you're just pissed that he got suspended in two mm-hmm. straight series. Which I mean, you know what? Could that's be. not. That's not the worst reason to trade a guy if you're just like, dude, we had two series that went to Game Seven and you got yourself suspended for both of them. Oh, God. Like, yeah, I don't. I, that that makes some sense. But if the only goal here is like clear cap space to make sure we can keep the core players. Nazem Kadri provides surplus value, yeah. so that's yeah. not really solving that problem. And I, 
I agree with that. I, I just from the Flyers' perspective, he's played quite a bit with JVR as well, right? No, no, no it was the other one. It was, it was the other one. Bozak, Bozak was the one that JVR. Like he played a little bit with Kadri, yeah. but it was mostly guys Bozak. with Z's in their name. I yeah, get them fair. all met. Anyone with fair. a Z in their last name's a dick. Um, <laughs> Say that where's the, the Z in Kadri? Well, it's, it's the first in, name. It's in his first yeah. name. I was making a joke about me and Bozak and got lost in it. Okay, but thanks for pointing okay. it out. You're welcome. Um, now um, that's what I'm here for. Patrick Marlowe. No. Has one year and six point two five million left nope. on his deal. Yeah, they they can't. Absolutely not. They, he's he's cooked. Do 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 not take on that contract. What if you got more out of it? Absolutely what not. Though, like, what if they were like, hey, you know, give us a third round pick and you can have William Nylander too. Okay, different. Obviously. But that's that's They're not gonna very happen. Different. I feel like that kind of that's the kind of deal where it's like we're gonna give you a bunch of prospects and picks if you take that. That's like the kind of deal that a team makes when they don't really give a shit like that's an arizona coyotes deal like okay. it's not yeah. it's not the flyers don't need to be taking on six million dollars in dead weight we're just getting rid of yori latera yeah and i i love I patrick marlowe i but think no. on a third line he'd give you a little bit more than no. yori latera i am well, done i am okay. done with Ron Hextall trades. I'm done with them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm freaking okay. done with them. There's There's no stop taking on dead weight because you know what? The coaches will freaking play them. If you could get point. if you could promise me that, yeah, we're taking on this dead weight for a year, but we're gonna park him in the AHL and you're never gonna see him, I'd be like, fine. Do it. Weaponize the cap space, gain assets. But what I've learned is that these freaking coaches, I don't care if you're the best coach in hockey or the worst coach in hockey, they fall in love with these vets. Do not get more crappy vets with the assumption that coaches won't play them. I mean, They're going to play them. Patrick Marlowe was getting like very important minutes in yes. a game seven on a team that has Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and William Nylander. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with there NHL was coaches. They, I don't know what happens to them. It's unbelievable it's to unbelievable. me. There it's, was zero reason for Yuri Letera to play a single game ever. in a Flyers uniform. A single and game. Yet. And yet he played like... <laughs> A hundred plus. I, I, I'm done us, with it. I'm if done with give it. Us Nylander, we can talk about Marlowe, but that's, that's not going to happen. Because in my mind, yes, they get in these types of trades. Typically, it's you take on that contract and we'll give you picks and prospects yeah. or whatever. In my mind, I'm just thinking Johnson and Casperi Kapanen are RFAs. Yeah. What if they throw in one of them? I wouldn't take on Marlowe. It's, it's frustrating because, like, they're not that's not necessarily a bad move because those guys are pretty valuable and if you if you basically get one of them for nothing by taking on Marlow in theory it's a good move I'm just done with it I'm okay. d- I'm done with these trades that's a com- get players don't get bad ones that's a completely that's, that's a completely a idea, valid completely valid it. opinion when I, <laughs> that's how I felt about draft picks when everyone just lose to get move up in the draft I was like fuck draft picks I'm done with them yeah. they take five years to get here and when they do get here they're a disappointment we like, can all be I'm, dead I'm, in five I'm years. over it. <laughs> Uh, any of these RFA, I mean, like this RFA list, putting this it's together. It's so good. Oh, if there isn't God. one offer sheet, the players should strike. Don't even wait for the CBA. Strike on July 2nd. If there's not one offer sheet to, let me read you these names, and I'm going to run out of steam before I even get to the end. It doesn't even have to be the Flyers. I wish it would be because I do a Flyers podcast, and that would be fun. But Mitch Marner, Miko Rantanen, Braden Point, Sebastian Ajo, Timo Meyer, Kyle Connor, William Carlson, Brock Besser, Kevin LeBanc, Patrick Laine, Jacob Truba. There's like 10 more. Like, there's 10 more. What do you think about these Truba rumors? I, he fits, right? He yeah, fits. I, would, I would like that a lot. Of, aren't there a lot of off-ice issues with him? I think he hates Winnipeg, but I, like... I, I, eh. I, think, I think that came from Winnipeg Twitter, which I don't exactly trust. Okay. They have Twitter up there? Allegedly. In the summertime. In the summer? Two weeks. When I the rabbit Brock ears Besser. aren't buried. <laughs> but I, I would take any one. I just want there to be an offer sheet. I don't care if... It, and I'm looking at this, and I, I just saw that uh, I had to include Pavel Buchnevich just because him and AV, that would be... Reunite them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I see Colin White from Ottawa, as well as Anthony Duclair. Um, I'm not saying that those guys solve any of the Flyers' problems. Mm. I'm just saying if you literally, if you literally offer anything, you will get them. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an overpay like like offer sheets need to be. It's Ottawa. You can get players for free. I like Colin White a little. No, I, I think uh, you've connecting on this list too. He's on there. He is on there. I, I think I, we we talked shan't. about this though about how the the defenseman hole is one of those that you know 
ideally you fill it via trade yeah, because ha- unless you're getting Carlson, you're probably yeah. not. You're probably not getting him. And there, this is why when people were like Zach Wierenski's pe- out there, people were asking mid March, who should the Flyers trade for? Jesus, I'm like, let's wait. Yeah, let's wait to see what trade rumors start developing. And right now, there are three guys who I've heard I've heard mentioned by people who. No, they're not necessarily saying like they're going to get traded, but it's like they're out there. You have Jacob Truba. That's interesting. Yep. You have Jared Spurgeon, who he's going to be talking with them about an extension. And if they don't, if 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 Minnesota does not think they can they can extend Jared Spurgeon, he probably's on the market. And you have the Fletch connection. And then you have PK Subban, who oh. people are talking about. So like this is what I'm saying. Wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. See what who who gets thrown out there in trade rumors and like. All three of those, I'm not saying any of those guys are going to get moved, but all three of those guys are perfect fits for exactly what the Flyers are mm-hmm. looking for. Guys, we are going to break for just a second, and on the other side, we're going to continue this trade conversation because I put out on Twitter, hey, any ideas? And what one of the players, Charlie, just mentioned came up a lot of times. So we're going to take one quick ad break and then come right back. All right, fam, we're back. And as Charlie mentioned before the break, P.K. Subban's name is out there. Uh, like I said, I put out on Twitter, hey, anyone have any ideas for tonight? Because I had no idea what we were talking about. Like one this afternoon. I was like, I, pff, I, just, uh, I we'll see. We talked together. about the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, as was, everyone I, does. In I wanted summer. to get everyone's Game of Thrones theories, and as I was shot down. So uh, what do we, P.K. Subban, what will it take, and why isn't it Andrew McDonald? <laughs> so the the fascinating thing about Subban and like I don't know if the Flyers would would target him just because and like this is this is not me this is not me making a pronoun a pronunciation like a pronouncement about what I the, the type of person I think PK Subban is I think PK Subban is great but I do think there's something to be said about the way hockey people view yeah, him, him. Yep. and I wonder if they would want him in the organization as a leader. I would want it. I just don't know if hockey people would want it. That's think- that said, the reason why I have heard that Nashville would want to trade Subban, and this is why it makes some sense for the Flyers, is that there are two reasons. Number one is that they need to shake things up because clearly the current mix is working and we need and Fabro is ready to slide in into one of the top four defensive. Imagine spots. having this goddamn and, form and, of and, defenseman. And, and Subban costs the most, so we trade him. The second reason is this. It's that well, we're going to have to make a hard decision when expansion hits anyway because we're not going to keep all, all four of the defensemen again, mm-hmm. so we might as well trade one of them for stuff now. Why that's that second part is interesting to me is this. If you're not going to... That, that would basically mean you're, you're looking to trade Subban for one of two things. You're looking to trade Subban either for a forward or you're looking to trade Subban for a package of future assets. Mm-hmm. The forward I'm not liking that much. But if it's a package of future assets, the Flyers have a lot of future assets they that, sure that would not need to be protected in an expansion draft. True. Like the the first thought that came to mind when it was like Subban, okay, who would they want for Subban? Well, maybe they would want Ghost. And it's like, okay, well, and, and in all honesty, that's not a, that's and not that's... a trade I just missed out of hand. But if if your main reason for trading Subban is you don't want to run into an expansion draft, is you trading Subban for Ghost? That just that just changes the problem. The mm-hmm. problem is still you can't keep all of. Ghost, Ellis, Ekholm, and um, and and Yossi. So in that case, maybe you could get Subban without trading Ghost, and then mm-hmm. you have a top five of Subban, Proveroff, Bear, Myers, Sanheim, and that's kind of all of our dream, right? You keep the four guys who we think are good, and you add another guy who's good, and then you have an Austin awesome defense core. Oh god, that's the dream. And mm-hmm. maybe with Subban, you could do it. I don't know. Or maybe they're just going to be like, hey, we need a really good forward back, so if you want to be in the conversation, say goodbye to Travis Konechny. Like, maybe that's what happens. But may- if, if if we're just talking like, hey, we are loaded, we want to load up on picks and, and prospects for P.K. Subban, like, get in the bidding t- yesterday, Chuck Fletcher. What'd you do, Konechny? I haven't thought about it, but I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't dismiss it. I haven't watched Nashville as much as I have in the past because I was I was just really in on San Jose and Colorado this year. Missed a bunch of Nashville games. A lot of people not all that happy with Subban's play this year. There's a lot of people in Nashville who are really unhappy about a whole lot of things. I, I'm just saying, like, for the guy who, like, everyone loved P.K. Subban two, three, the last two, three seasons, and even when he was Montreal, and this year they're like, uh, it might just be a down year, or it might be the decline. It, I don't. 
think that could it be. is. Even if it's the decline, which I'm unconvinced it is, he's only got three years, three more years left on the deal. So it's not like like we just talked about how well we love Eric Carlson, but you're gonna have to sign to a seven year deal. Subban has three more years left. So even if it's the decline, like you're not paying for many of the decline years. True, and it would be. I think it would just there's some sort of irony to we offer sheeted Weber. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they traded Weber. The circle is complete. They traded Weber for Subban, <laughs> and then we end up with like something about yes. it is just so beautiful to me. I want to. I just tried to Google this while Charlie was talking and ran out of time. How many years are left on that Weber contract? It's got to be like a 40, lot. It's like it's like eight 44. or nine. It's yeah, it's a lot. If this ever loads, oh my god. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven more years. God bless. Oh. Paul yeah. Holmgren, you monster. Oh, my God. Thank God. Oh, yeah, man. seriously. Thank God they matched. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, going back to the point I made was yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, right now, I would ideally want them to fill that defense hole via trade. And right now there are three guys who are plausibly in the running for my, like, yes, try to trade for those guys. And it's it's Subban, Truben, Spurgeon. Now, Hopefully, more pop up. They might. You never know. It's still only April. Yeah. There's still a lot of hockey happening. Oh my just God, because so long. Just because we've been out of it for a while doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. that it's not yeah, still. Yeah, there's happening. still there's a game seven tonight and then three more rounds. Like we can like we can, you know, like, oh, Zach Wierenski's available, offer sheet him. Like, yeah. I am not I am not one of those people who's just like, yeah, just offer sheet everybody who's an RFA. Like, it's not realistic. No. And most likely, those guys, if you offer sheet them, they're going to get matched. Yeah. Every but, single one of these guys <laughs> is going to be matched. But it's the guys who, it's it's like, Trube is the only one who I look at. And because of Winnipeg's cap issues and because Trube, they've tried to negotiate multiple long-term deals with him and failed. He's the only guy who I look at and I say, like, I don't think, I don't think you could get him on an offer sheet, but I think you could get him on a trade. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the other guys in this list is mostly like, look, it'd be fun if he got offer sheeted, but the other team. Yeah, Patrick Line is getting matched. They're, they're matched. Like, that's just yeah. the way it is. Like, yeah, William, I love William Carlson to death, and he probably fits exactly what we need, but yeah. we're not getting him. So oh, that's God. that's that over Vegas's dead yeah. corpse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this, I guess, have we talked that one out? Yeah. Yes. So this Jay O'Brien story. Now it turns out he's not going to the BCHL. That was just the rumor. He, didn't, he needs well, time. But, well, but he's, going, he's leaving Providence. He's going to one. He's either going. He's either going to go to the BCHL, the mm -hmm. USHL, or he's going to Canadian Juniors. Yeah. And basically, if he were to, the reason why he's deciding is that if he were to go to Canadian Juniors, he can't go back to college. Okay. He's college because is then, then you is, get paid. Is then out. Yeah. But. If, whereas if he were to go to either one of the USHL or the BCHL, he could go to the he go there for a year and then transfer to another college. If I was him, I'd say I'm here to play hockey, not school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not really about that doing no, a lot of good hockey. So yeah, ha like that's, that's a concern. His freshman year wasn't great, but a lot of guys' freshman years aren't like Joel Farabee, kind of the outlier. You know, it took mm -hmm. him a little bit to get going, and then he was awesome. But, like, not everyone's freshman year is awesome. First-round picks usually have good freshman years. Maybe not great freshman yeah, years, they're but usually not freshman years. total disappointments. I'm 25 games, two goals, three assists. Ooh, not great. I'm willing to chalk that up to injury and But still, immaturity. 25 games. Oh, yeah. No, the 25 games is concerning enough because he got hurt a couple times. And then you look at the production. Five points. This might be one of Hextall's few first-round misses. Um, we'll see. I, anything can happen. But, um, yeah, I just this story concerned. I, I don't know. Uh, it's not great to hear that one of your draft picks isn't performing well in college. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, especially like I mean, we we knew that he wasn't performing well, but now he's performing poorly enough to be like, you know what? I'm yeah. I'm done here. I'm it's, gonna go play club at Newman. I College. think I think it was in a star there. I, th I think it was <laughs> in three or whatever yeah. whatever division it is. I think it was in the Broad Street hockey story where they brought up uh, Tomac. And how yep, Tomek yeah. was a kind of a highly touted guy. He's at UND, and it's like, oh, well, they won a national championship with someone else. You're a freshman. And then the guy in front of you is also real good. And all right, so he transferred. Now you look at where Tomek's career has gone. It's like, all right, yeah, it was a third Sixth round. number goalie. Yeah, it was a third round pick, and he's not that good. Uh, O'Brien is a concerning. first, and that's a lot more concerning because it's a first. We could have used that for literally anything. Yeah. And it also kind of takes one guy off the board in terms of, what do we have to trade? 
Like we have all yeah. these, we have all these, and yeah. it'll yeah. be it'll be a little bit more of a developed prospect, I think. But like in all these trades we're talking about, I really don't want to part with Morgan Frost. If we do, we do, and I'll live with that. But having other guys, like being able to put together an O'Brien and a Rubstov, like all right, here's two guys instead of one, two two first round busts. No, I'm, I'm, Rubstov might be good. I no, think I like Rubstov. I think he has a real chance to make the. T- I'm just naming guys. No, he's not going to make the team no, next year. I'm just saying. It, it's one less one less card in that deck that we think is so stacked. No, I, I think what what I didn't like about I didn't like the people who when you when when this got reported yesterday, there were some people who were just like, "Well, you can't write them off. You can't write them off. It's just one year. It's just a freshman oh, year." Well, and it's like, okay, look, uh, I agree that you can't write them off, in that you can't write off any prospects. Yeah. But if you're not looking at this year. And severely downgrading Jay O'Brien as a result of this year, you're just being You're just dumb. hoping. Yeah. You're like, just... You're, like, you have to severely downgrade him. He had yeah. an awful draft plus one. And most NHL players have great draft plus ones because they're future NHL players. Yeah. This is severely concerning. Like, to me, the best case scenario for for um for Jay O'Brien right now is pretty much kind of what happened to Kiefer Bellows, who who I liked in, in his draft. Chief Keefe. His first year, he went to Boston University, and he did not do that well. He had 14 points in 34 games. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as Jay O'Brien, but not good, and not and nearly as good as you remember. What did he do? The next year, he went. He, he left Boston University, and he went to the, uh, the WHL, and he had 74 points in 56 games, 41 goals, played really, really well in the, uh, in the World Juniors, and it was like, oh, Kiefer Bellows is back on the scene, and that's great, and now he's a prospect again. However... In his first AHL season, after that great draft plus two year, he had 19 points in 73 games. So, like, and that's your best case scenario to me for Jay O'Brien. That's why I'm concerned about Jay O'Brien because guys who don't have good draft plus one seasons, I know injuries, he was apparently sick. I, I understand it was a rough year. Really good prospects don't usually have rough draft plus one years. This is concerning. This is like not a good team either. Like, I don't think that that really matters in, in any direction, but the Providence Friars were not, like, there's nobody notable on that team. Isn't that a very good hockey school? Uh, They're they're very defensively oriented, I know that, so that might have deflated his numbers a bit, but they're usually pretty good. Like, I don't, I don't know if they usually have a ton of NHL prospects, but they're usually a good mm-hmm. college team. I mean, there's a handful of prospects. Like, they got to the... he's the highest... I mean, they drafted. got to the, uh, but they got to the Frozen Four, right? Didn't I? Didn't they get to the first? They they definitely were in the tournament. Yeah. Because I remember that we were waiting on whether he was possibly going to come back, mm-hmm. and he never did. But they got pretty far. Providence is a good team. All right. All right. So that was a bit of a downer topic. So I'm going to end the show with this. Uh, down down goes Brown wrote an article finding positive thoughts for the non playoff teams. And when he got to the Philadelphia Flyers, it was a, listen, hey, we know the negative. In a year where the Metros sent five teams to the playoffs and might end up winning both divisions, that part shouldn't make sense, but it does, (laughs) the Flyers had their season torpedoed by an eight-game losing streak and never got all that close to the playoff hunt. Okay, you're right. So positive thought number one, everybody's favorite, Carter Hart. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do. Positive thought number two, (laughs) the Flyers season had cost both their GM and coach their jobs by Christmas. Hey, that was good, right? At least one of those two was definitely good. (laughs) But now they've got Elaine Vigneault because uh, behind the bench and Chuck Fletcher will have the first offseason to work some magic. There's still plenty of talent up and down the roster, including a young blue line and a solid forward core led by Claude Giroux. You could argue that the skaters are already good enough to make a playoff push and that the season was signed as usual by goaltending fix that and you're in good shape and do you know how you fix that positive thought number three carter hart (laughs) so basically all the positive thoughts were carter hart that's right no matter what happens we have carter hart and i think that's important to remember fam i think it's very important that this summer we remember we finally have the thing we never had a goalie we should all get Carter Hart PJs like John Tavares. <laughs> I do think that's one of the things that needs to be brought up every time we're going crazy about this team is that everything, like all of the worst case scenarios we're thinking of, you know, Vino is bad as a coach. The, the the young players never get better. Nolan Patrick never becomes the guy we hoped we were getting second overall. Ivan Provorov is a little overpaid rather than being a true number one. 
even if all these worst case scenarios come to fruition, if Carter Hart is what we think he is, we have the great eraser. Then you know what? The Flyers are going to be a playoff team almost every yeah. year. Because if you have a goalie who every year can deliver around a 920 save percentage in around 55 to 60 games, it almost doesn't matter what else is around. You're going to be pretty good every Please year. knock on wood, because that's just challenging the team to be fucking terrible <laughs> around him. Thank what you. What do we think they're going to do, just to wrap it up, what do we think they're going to do behind Hart? Like, wh- 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 you is mean it Cam Talbot? Like, oh, <laughs> Like, what, what are they doing? Yeah, there? probably. My guess is Cam Talbot. Is he already Cal- he's already Talbot? had success with Elaine Vigneault as a coach. I think that that just probably that move seems more interesting to me now. That like they might have had Vigneault targeted this whole time because weird they, because they knew my guy yeah. wasn't coming. I don't know about I don't that. Know. I mean, who knows? Like, what are they? What do you think? Galaxy do you think it's Talbot, everything. Charlie? Uh, I think it's either Talbot or Elliot. I think they're the two best options. It just boils Mm -hmm. down to whether you're taking the risk on the more injury concerns, but probably slightly better goalie versus the slightly worse goalie, but not many injury concerns. I just, I need, I need as much change as possible. And Elliot is one of those things I need to see change. I love the guy, but that's about all the time we have for you on BSH radio this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit that subscribe button. Say those nice things in the, uh, the comments and the ratings, do all that good stuff. Five stars, thumbs up, whatever you do, do it. My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for Steph, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody.